today. How are you? Good. We're kind of back to our roots. I know. Uh, we're at Sun Moth. We haven't uh, been here for a long time. No. It was our briefly our home away from home when we were coldly kicked out of Madman Studios. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. Feels good. Um, and we've also being got back, not being kicked out. Yeah. We've also got a the original recorder model, not the original recorder. I mean, long-term fans of the show will have already picked up that we've gone back to something new, yeah, like something original. So, yeah. um, so we've gone back to the trusty Zoom H4n, whereas in the past, the last couple of months, we've been using the H6. I mean, people with a keen ear already know that, but um, I think for tech heads out there, for s- order files, audio audio files, files yep. yeah. What's a tech weirdo called though? Tech heads. Tech heads. Yeah. Right. Uh. Gizmo guy or girl. Um, anyway, this bit's not going anywhere. No, 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 no. Uh, I've been better. You, you've been unwell. Been crook over the weekend. Um, you haven't got that bloody cold that's going around that knocks you out for weeks? I've been... I've bounced back pretty well. So okay, Friday good. night, I started to feel it. Saturday, Sunday, I was terrible. Monday, terrible. Felt better Tuesday. Today's, what, Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting... Getting back, but by no means 100%. Because there yeah. was a, there is a something going around. We were troubled for two weeks, roughly. Yeah, well, you did. Not wha- down you, and out. You did concern me a little bit when you mentioned that because mm. I'm leaving for Japan in a week now. Yeah, so, right. Um, I didn't want to be. So we haven't actually built up any shows, have we? I was no, just we wanted to away. get one. We'll have some um, Homer's Where the Bear is coming out. Uh, Very good. Going to get that back on track after a busy period for both Nick and I. But if we can get. Um, Another one in the bank, maybe. We'll sneak, we'll yeah, sneak yeah, someone yeah, in. Nice. So, I've got some news. How anyway. are you, by the way? Oh, yeah, I'm really good. Um, busy weekend. And I, as I said, I was unwell. What did you get up to? Oh, you were uh, unwell as well? In the lead up. Yep. And then uh, Good Beer Week Gala Showcase. Gala Showcase. How was that? Excellent. Probably one of the best. A lot of people said, unprompted, the best beer event they've been to. Why? Uh, like what was the factor? Really good. Yeah, I mean, you know that too. A really good yeah, festival. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the beers that were on, like the beers were... N- like not fucking around. Yeah, there, and there was some really interesting beers from. Did you try that Taylor's Grave winner? I did not. No, I don't think I didn't. I was sort of first working. First time in a long time that Ramjet hasn't won. Yeah, that particular. No, award. Ramjet didn't win last year either. What won last year? Uh, Stockade Mountie. Oh right, okay. Uh, which is probably perfect for those small servings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, I was interested to see that. Like, I would, I don't know. Taylor's Grave don't strike me as the type for that sort of win so it must have been a killer sign of the times maybe yeah um yeah really really good lineup of beers there was um everyone kind of really bought stepped it up yeah uh a lot of people were talking about the molly rose beers cool uh sure i mean i definitely believe that a lot of people were talking about counterculture from stone and wood who we will talk about in the main show with sam from stone and wood Uh, so was, was that just a tap of the Stone and Wood, they thing, really or were they there as counterculture? They were there as Stone and Wood, but they branded it heavily counterculture. Right, okay. um, the people behind the bar had counterculture pink T-shirts on. Sure, okay. Uh, so it was They were heavy. pouring yeah, okay. counterculture. They were pouring a white stout, um, which Pilot Batch might maybe counterculture sure. one day. Uh, but yeah, really counterculture heavy. Fixation were next to them as well. Well, really fixation heavy. So it was 
stone and wood there, but not stone and wood. Yeah, right. <laughs> stone and wood there, but you couldn't get a Pacific Ale. You could not get a Pacific. That makes sense. Um, especially good, like the Gala Showcase, especially. Yeah, and we we talk about that um, in the the chat you're about to listen to as well. So, yeah, it was, it was actually kind of cool seeing a different side of stone and wood. The counterculture beer, just really fascinating. I'm super keen. So they um. As soon as I saw what it was, I was like, "That's and and knowing who is producing, it, I'm like, that's going to be killer." And it's a Berlinweiss soured after the fact. It's not kettle soured like uh, most modern Berlinweisses. And it really, and because it's really strong, it has. It's very Venus in that you know rose wheelhouse. It, it, you would fall the rose drinker. I'm pretty excited um, into thinking it was a natural rose or something. So, yeah, really fun. And the the packaging looks great. Looks uh, fantastic. Yeah. Who else was uh, popular there? Boat Rocker, obviously. What are they? What were they pouring? A couple of different Ramjets. Oh, they had heaps. Yeah, right. uh, they had Brayside Cola, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Yeah, Spoiler okay. Alert. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. Two Birds had some really fun beers. Um, I didn't get around to tasting. What many did they beers. have? What did Two Birds have? Uh, a lot of their sort of newer, small batch Peachy stuff. Peachy yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Banksia as well, which I think some. I haven't tried any new beers in a long time. I really, really I don't should. As much as I. The ones that I've had, I, I've loved. I don't love the large format bottles they're they're putting them in. Um, these days, what, I'm do, not what, what do you mean? Like well what about it? Don't you like these days? Most of my purchasing is in small cans or right. cans. And nothing yeah, because because I, I it's, it's funny. I'm exactly the same. Large format bottles, not interesting to me. Large yeah. format cans, yeah, get in my belly. Yeah, and it, it's mostly because I'm picking up a six pack at the shop. I want to carry it home. Large format bottle doesn't fit into this scenario. Uh, so, and that's probably, I think, a lot of people in the industry are realising. For sure, for sure. So, I, I, I would definitely buy a lot more of them if they were in. It's a weird it's a weird qualifying factor, though. Like, uh, I went to Grape and Grain in Moorabbin a couple of weekends ago. And I bought six or so assorted cans, just drawn to cans more. Mm. Um, Steph got a bottle of Red Hills wheat beer, and I was like, "That's a good beer." Like, I was, I was like, ah, thinking like, small mm. format bottle. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, I realized, what is that? Like, what's the logic behind that criticism? And then when she had it, I had a taste of it, and I was like, "That's a good beer. That's a yeah. really good beer." They make very good beers. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Like, I'm always drawn to cans, but I don't get it I don't get I it myself I think it's just the modern it's, it's where our minds are and it took me a while to get my head around cans being the same price as bottles which is just no reason for me thinking it other than tradition and you know how cans are viewed and now it's gone the other way I wouldn't even, I'd barely consider bottles and it's just I think it's purely convenience bottles are a pain in the ass recycling wise sure I mm. guess any other wise carrying, if you're on foot. Uh, how much? Do you know how much heavier they are? Quite a bit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah I guess so. And I can't remember. The, I, I've heard breweries say the, the difference between you know if they're yeah, shipping something. Even. Sure. Yeah. That, well, um, I, I get it and, and I, from, from from that end for but sure. I think even picking up a slab of bottles versus slab of tins, is the weight. Noticeable. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, I'm a driving dude though, so yeah. like that's never really factored for me. And I still have the, the I still well yeah. yeah you, <laughs> when you got like biceps as huge as the ones I've got, then you don't tend to notice that definitely that sort of thing definitely over a shorter, a shorter I, distance. But um, I walked in and the Rock was sitting over in the corner, and you were like, "Who's that?" Guy? And I saw the yeah. hulking mass behind. The, and I was when like, did the Rock get 
glasses. Yeah, like that's never entered my mind, but like I, I remember when the cans first came around. And it was Josh from Moondog in his first chat, I think, with us. Because mm. we'd brought in, I think, do you remember that like beer that blew our minds way back when? And it was some mm. English barley wine that was in a can. Do you remember that? Yeah. I think we um, took that in to drink on that show. It would have been the um, one from New Zealand, our friend uh, West Coast Brewery. No, no, no. It wasn't that. It was years before that. It was a small format can. And it was, an, it was a, I'd say English barley wine from England. Oh, I don't remember that at yeah, all. Yeah, and I, th- we, I don't know if we drank it that episode, but mm. I'd had it, and I, maybe Josh had as well. And then he, he said, "It's just a vessel," mm. Mm. and I was like, "Yeah, it is." But like now, but bottles are still just a vessel. Yeah, so yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's shifted so hard. Any opinions out there? Bloody, drop us a line. Yeah, I wouldn't I'd mind hearing hear more about it. Yeah, is it just the zeitgeist? I don't know the last time I bought a bottle. Yeah, I know. I, I'm the same. And I guess probably other than... I mean, I haven't really been buying Lambic or um, sure, Belgian like stuff lately. Sure, like 750ml bottles or something. Yeah. I, that's probably the last one I would have bought would have been a Lambic. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, anyway. Oh, I just, when I was at Hop Nation last, I bought two canned wines. Oh, yeah. I bought, I've bought some of the Hop Nation yeah, canned wine. They're good. Um, I... Sorry, I just got an email back from Three Ravens. I wanted to know if I open over Easter. Because it's my birthday over Easter. And yeah. I was like, all I want to do and is go to don't, a brewery. Don't leave the, the everyone waiting. Are they open over Easter or not? Uh, they'll be open the Saturday the 20th, which is when I'm... Easter Saturday, yep. when you're looking to get something done? Sorry? When you're looking to go go somewhere? Yeah, I just wanted, I, all I want to do is go to a brewery and drink some beer. Nothing better. Yep. Like That's a that's greater than some of its parts, that yep. place. Yep. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Gala Showcase, I got the chance to try as one of the masterclasses. Yeah. Um, Brendan from Three Ravens contacted us now and said he wanted to introduce his wines, uh, his wine beer hybrids. Yep. To the masterclasses. And what does that mean? I actually missed most of it. Okay. I was, I was busy working. Um, but I think he's, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend I know, but there is some hybridization of wine and beer involved and barrel aging. Sounds like we need to do a show with Brendan. Yeah, some really old, I think two years in the barrel kind of stuff. Um, and music's here is really off-putting. It's, very it's airy. Uh, intense in a calming way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, don't, don't you agree? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so he had three. Uh, there was a Merlot, there was a Riesling, and another one, which I can't remember. And Interesting choices. I like yeah, that. Yeah, the Merlot was on tap at... The festival. Yeah. The other two weren't actually on tap. They were just for the masterclass. Okay. I had a taste of, of both of them, and they were. One of them in particular was. I think the Riesling was stunning. Wow. It's just glorious. A lot of people were talking about the Merlot one um, around the festival as well. But yeah, a lot of fun. Really, really happy with the brewers that came along. Really happy with the brewers that came for the show. Uh, the masterclasses. Everyone really stepped it up this year. There was no no trestle tables and parallels. Yeah, um, I was. Um Disappointed to have missed it this year. Um, I think it might be the first year I've ever missed a showcase, so I was a bit gutted. But um, um, I didn't try the them's the breaks is what they say. Yeah, I didn't try the two bays gluten free beer. I'm really keen to try that, but when I've ever had the chance, I've gone elsewhere to get beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, the feedback that I had was fucking delicious. Yeah. Right. The power was was because I've heard that it's like a noticeable difference. Okay. In the malt profile. But not in any, not any 
negative way. Yeah. But like you can tell that it's something's different about it. Yeah. But yeah. it's good. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It is, I think they're the first brewery in Australia to really go for craft beer drinkers rather than yep. gluten free drinkers. Yeah. Um, I think Wild. Is it, no, O'Brien. O'Brien and Wild. Wild as well. is one that. But O'Brien's for a long time have been after yeah. that market. Yeah. But I know, like when they launched Two Base, they had a Gozo on tap. Um, I think two IPAs and. Which is, you know, that's that's clear intent, for sure. Um, and they're marketing it, marketing it in some places as ancient grains rather than gluten free. Uh, so if you're gluten free, you know what it is. If you're not, you know. Do you? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They're doing it fifty-fifty. It seems. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that was also launching the Good Beer Week guide. So Good Beer Week is on sale at the, the moment. It's alive. Yeah. A couple You've of got sold out already. I got tickets to Woods of the North, which I'm very excited which about. Is the Three Ravens event. Yeah, um, teaming up with uh, some cocktail bars, um, Molly Rose, Wildflower, like players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds pretty like a good. Lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, check out the um, description of the event on the Good Beer Week website or via the app if you mm. have it. Um, great concept this year. Mm. I'm so excited. Um, have you got anything bookmarked for yourself? Uh, we're going to head to the Molly Rose one yep. as the Good Beer Week crew. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to sell out pretty quickly though, so it's probably gone by the time you listen to this. What is that event, by the uh, way? Wine versus wine made by a brewer, beer made by a winemaker. Okay. So Nick's partner, Callie, is a winemaker. Yep. So she's going to make a beer, he's going to make a wine. I like that idea. Um, also, they've got Molly... Uh, sorry. Wildflower and Bridge Road involved yep. to do the same thing sure. with local winemakers in some way. Um, that's going to be really fun. That sounds that's like a that's a, that's royalty lineup as yeah, well. Yeah, it just just sounds like a fun little. I, I noted two events here. Um, one that's going to go under everyone's radar, and it's going to be really good. Um, it's Bent Spoke and Recoletta, which What's is Recoletta? Recoletta's the uh, function space for European and Butcher Diner in the city there. Right, okay. So I spent some time with the owner of those those two places recently and he's such a such an interesting dude. All the venues. Have you ever eaten at the European? No, never. It's great. It's, it's just old school food and wine, you know, French or Italian style. Um, Butcher's Diner is... Have you been there? I think I might have been to the Butcher's Diner actually, it's yeah. open 24 hours. Yeah. You can go in at 3am and get a, a steak. Um, or you can go in in the middle of the day and get a cheap burger and a beer for 15 or 20 bucks or something. So really interesting places. Um, City Wine Shop is also them. So, you know, serious hospitality shops. Yep. Um, Recoletta's there. Yeah, the little function area upstairs of Butcher. Beautiful, beautiful space. Uh, just used for you know fancy dinners, basically. And Ben spoke during the beer. So I think that... That might be a yeah, sleeper. Yeah, I... Do you know what the... Uh, Benjamin's behind it is. I think it's. A, I think it is a Benjamin. I think it's around hundred. Oh, okay, bucks. fair enough. Uh, That's good value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that one you're really cool and and won't sell out as quickly as other the other fancy dinners. I had a um, I had a chat with Brendan, telling him that I was excited about Woods of the North, mm. and he said to me, "Hey, straight after around the corner is going to be women's wrestling at Moondog. Yeah. So, so are you up for that? And I was like. That's a, not a bad way to back up Woods of the North, yeah. So yeah, so that's how Moondog are going to unveil their new brewery. It's not going to be completely finished by then. Sure, the I'm first, sure it's not, yeah. First look at the space is, um, yeah, it's Melbourne Championship Wrestling, who have taken off lately. People are talking about 
Melbourne yeah, I feel like wrestling. wrestling is having a, I don't know if renaissance is the right word, but like a resurgence at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, everyone's just kind of embracing the fun. Um, I think it is pretty, pretty Co- hardcore wrestling in terms of violence these days. So here's what I, here's my theory that I haven't fleshed out, but here's what I'll present to you. I feel like there's not really any uh, legitimate superstars of wrestling currently. Because I've never been a fan of wrestling, yeah, but yeah. I'm always aware of who the yeah, like yeah. absolute no crossover superstars are. Yep. And given that now they're all of them either retired or done doing other stuff, I don't know if anyone's doing it. So like the just the the bottom level fun is just lifted, which is bringing more people in than the superstars might have, perhaps. I think at, at risk of sounding like a complete wanker, Go it's, on. Uh, the move to local people people want their sure. entertainment, like their beer, their food. Everything to be local now, and and it, I guess it's almost an extension of roller derby when that was you know took off. There is a theatre around it that is kind of fun for a, for a night out, and you get to see local, Definitely. and it's got a really good following. I haven't been to any. That's good because, um, like, I mean, I've probably mentioned it on the show before, but like, as never being a wrestling person, going to Mexico City mm. and going to like the Luchador wrestling there, it's phenomenal yeah. it's one of the great experiences that you'll see live it's so much fun i've always been a wrestling fan uh and uh, you know never I, I follow it from a distance these days i've seen some local wrestling um and it's so much fun just you know they're big dudes big ladies small dudes small ladies hurting themselves for your entertainment. I think maybe like the evolution of the perception is in a good place as well yeah like there's probably like a vast majority of the people all know that the outcomes are pre-written, but the theatre is very, very real and entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it hurts a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and they're really pushing it these days. Yeah. Like some of the things it, local wrestlers are doing are quite an How about that intense. guy? Where was the guy that just got like sconed with a cinder block? Where was that? About five weeks ago. I didn't see that one. No, like no. legitimately someone threw that's, a cinder block at his head. That's pretty part yeah. of the course. Um. Yeah, I've got not local. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I. I. got into my. Here's one for the wrestling fans out there. I got into the extreme championship wrestling. Oh, uh, before they were is, big. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is that the ECW? Yeah. Oh, okay. They eventually got bored. I just put the WWE. words together. Yeah. And <laughs> initialed it. Yeah. Um. And that had some really nuts stuff. Um. Yeah. And also that same day as Day on the Cans, What's which that? is also at Moondog Brewery, which is a music festival. It's part of Good Beer Week as well. How big is that Preston site going to be? Don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen it. Yeah, do not okay. know. There's going to be, I think, 400, 500 tickets for the wrestling. I think maybe 1,000 for the music. Yeah, right. So that like, part That sounds like a good day at Moondog. Yeah, though, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the other one I want to mention is Feral Tap Takeover at Haller. Is it possible that in this day and age, especially in Victoria, Melbourne particularly... The feral are underappreciated? Mm, I don't know what... Or is it just at our pointy yeah, end? I don't know the what... The bulk of craft beer fans are still like getting behind feral in a big way. Maybe. I think the Coke thing didn't help them. I don't think it's clear what their brand is, and I kind of want to talk about that right. in a second. Um, yeah, so the feral takeover is eight variants of Hop Hog. Yep. And $8 pints. And a pick on the spit. Like, that's a... That's like boiling down feral to its 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, most basic element. And so then I think they're doing some some unique variants. There'll be, I think, Barrel Fermented, there'll be White Hog, there'll be a Citrus one, and then a couple of others. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I think $4 pots, $8 pints. If I'm not mistaken, this might have been a Luke Robertson initiative. It was a good beer week, kicking back and forth with Feral. Um, I don't want to take complete credit for it. It's me winking at Dave. Yeah, no. okay. um, but yeah, I think that's the exact kind of event I want to go to. Definitely. Like, 100%. Now, speaking of their brand. What, what, what day is that on, by the way? I think it's a Sunday. And is that an uh, um, inclusive ticket or is that an entry ticket and then you buy whatever you want? Free, but Free $8 event. pints, $4 pots. Wait, all right. Yeah, I might, I might come along to that. That sounds like Tusk Day. Minus Tusk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tusk day with the beer that we actually want to drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of Feral, they have rebranded Biggie Juice. Yeah. Now I don't get it. Now I've I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but I've taken issue on social media at least with Biggie Juice and taking Biggie Smalls's face. Yeah. And I think hip hop culture, New York hip hop culture especially, and making it their brand, I, I think, is cultural appropriation. Um, there's a really good article about this. Do you think it's cultural p- appropriation beyond the fact that it's uh, like a IP issue? Um, both, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I do completely. That's the and first I, thing that comes to my mind. There's definitely an IP issue. Um, there's a really good article by, um, I, I apologise, I can't remember her name for Beer Culture, which is a website... Um, and now book that's really pushing black people and black beer culture. Yeah, great follow. Um, sorry, great follow. Yeah, and she wrote an article about these kind of things and sort of, you know, hip hop is something that, that black people invented and or black Americans invented, and then it's sort of being lifted wholesale to sell products in places like Australia, which, yeah, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. Um, and certainly she explains it a lot better, you know, the, the historical reasons why. Um, but so they've changed the labelling to take off Biggie's face because they're going to make it core range now, put it into cans. Uh, they've made it still kind of Biggie related but with a, a pig face. Which, yeah, probably fine. It's interesting, they were making at their, uh, at festivals, they had the Biggie bar for a while. So they had what did that mean? So that was like his face yeah, was right. part of their festival bar. Which, uh, yeah, that's not great in terms of you just can't put someone's face on your branding. Um, like, what is it going to take? Is it going to take a big lawsuit to change minds? Yeah, maybe. Like, it seems yeah. like the conversation is happening constantly and no one's really learning a lesson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the conversation is probably only happening constantly with, with us and places like Beer Culture in the States. I mean the IP discussion. Yeah, like yeah That's yeah, happening definitely. constantly where at least brand owners should be aware of it. But no one's really being sued. So yeah. it's like, does something like devastating have to happen to I change think so. it? Yeah, yeah. The, um, Even people that we love, like it just it sort of hurts my yeah. heart a little bit. Yeah. Hop Nation, they have a, um, a beer, it's tap, tap only. And I think that's another part of it. A lot of these beers are limited, limited release yeah. or tap only. That's the exact one I was about to talk to you off mic about. But like, okay, the couldn't spot believe it, the spot one. Yeah, so they've done a beer. It's got Spot the Dog. Um, someone pointed that out to me as potentially also falling afoul of ABAC uh, sure. with, with kids. 
um, which is which is I think how most places have been done before. Like there are things in the the advertising rules or regulations. Um, you know, even down to you can't have people that look under twenty five in your advertising campaigns, which extends to social media. Which thinking about Good Beer Week, we've probably fallen afoul of that. Um, and like, what does that even mean? Yeah, people look like twenty five. Like, yeah. So, it's, it's it's whose judgment is that? Yeah, um, it's a whole discussion. It's a whole series yeah, yeah, yeah. of discussions. But yeah. like in this, in the case of Spot the Dog, um, someone else's IP, it, it is a ch- child's IP, a child definitely. Book, so, and I don't know how. I, I always forget what our age difference is, but like, Spot the Dog was like a regular feature of books oh, in my. I bloody love Spot. Oh. I've got a couple other things. Sorry, uh, maybe this is not an okay, this is an off mic conversation, but like, wh- why did they use Spot? Bloodhound something. It's a collab with Bloodhound Bar in Brisbane. I, I mean, can this sure, mic. I think it's fine. but like, uh. um. Now, I, I'm just conscious of time, so let's yeah, uh, sure. run through the next couple quickly. Future Mountain, that were on the Molly Rose Homeless Weather Bearers, they're opening this weekend. Just, yeah. Have you seen the photos of the tap room? Looks spectacular. Oh, yeah. Um, they're opening tonight, I think, perhaps. Sorry? I think tonight might be the opening. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Thursday, anyway, yeah. By the time you hear this, they'll be open. It'll be open. Reservoir, um, barrel-aged, uh, wild mixed fermentation stuff. And if you so listen to that episode of Homes Where the Beer Is... You're going to be excited by it, I think. Yeah, Definitely. Um, really good story in Bruce News that went up today about Kerry Clayton from Bolter. Uh, Megan from Bruce News wrote a really good story about that. Um, she's in the lab at Bolter. She was a public servant that got made redundant by um, government cutbacks a few years ago, which were quite huge in Brisbane. And then she got a job at Forex and then... Now is it Bolter? Um, yeah, really, really fun, fun nice. read. So have a read of that. Uh, Kvik, which we talked about last week, yep. is probably better pronounced Kweki. Kweki? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little note who, for who, people. Who told you that? Oh, I was just reading up about it. Okay. And then I was like, huh. And Kweke. final thing, the... Oh, well, that's, that's what that yep. top point is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Kweke. just I mention it. Yeah. No, a bit of education for our listeners. That's yeah. good, yeah. Um, now, the Patreon have been a little bit neglected, but I've been in talks with four different breweries about four different really fun beers. Um, Not just beers as well. Sorry? Not just beers as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the next month I've got a renewed focus to get stuff out to everyone. Uh, the next one for the top tier and then the people in the, the lower tiers will get the chance to, to win some. We've got some comics um, that, do, that are Ale of a Time adjacent that will be going out. Comics, buttons, stickers... So uh, yeah, watch watch the Patreon page for that. And some pretty pa- exciting stuff too. The yeah. Patreon beer, the Brute IPA that we did with uh, Wolf of the Willows. I can't believe it. You can get that now at Attica. Apparently, if you're doing the full degustation at Attica and they they part of that, they take you to the garden. The drink they've been giving people over summertime or the last couple of months. It's been the Southern Brute. Amazing. Our collab with Wolf of the Willows. So I get it, but amazing though. Yeah. Like, I went to Attica in November. And just to have such a great experience and then to go like that beer that we sort of like brainstormed yeah, yeah. is uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Can't believe it. Um, yeah. It's fun. A little fun. Yeah, amazing. All right, let's throw to Sam Martin from Stone and Wood slash Counterculture and then we'll come back with some recommendations. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Hello, Sam. G'day, mate. How's it going? Good. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, Ale of a Time podcast. No Thank Dave you. today. He couldn't be with us, unfortunately. That's all good. Uh, we've got a fucking awesome beer garden right now. Mate, it doesn't get much better. Yeah. So we're at Bar Josephine, my local. I was going to come and meet you somewhere in the city or something. And I was just like, man, he's going to go to Bar Joe and sit in the... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm happy to come out yeah, here, yeah. mate. Yeah. Yeah. Really happy. Um, what are you drinking? Uh, a little Nipah by Hop Nation. Awesome. And it's going down really well on this afternoon. Yeah. 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 I got the warrior woman from Two Birds. How's that going down? Great, really yeah. good. Yeah, might need another one soon. Yeah, yeah, it's getting low. I'll, I'll nurse <laughs> it for the first segment. <laughs> uh, so, Sam, you're Stonewood. Yep. Uh, what are you doing here? Why, why have you? Why are you talking to me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just thought it was probably a good time. Uh, we've just got a lot of really great stuff going on this year. Um, well, we've we've always got a lot of great stuff going on and always have, but um. Yeah, just at the moment, we're about to launch a new range um, of beers called Counterculture. Um, I think we've sent a few down your way, so hopefully you get to try some soon. I was hoping that arrived today. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a beautiful day, but no, it didn't arrive. I've got one in my bag here, mate, <laughs> okay. but it's not on ice, but you can try it later <laughs> if you want. Um, but yeah, just really exciting. So yeah, Counterculture um, is a new range of beers we'll be launching every eight weeks. Um, so super limited, uh, small volumes, um, and just... Really excited for everyone from our design and marketing team to our brew team um, and logistics, everyone, um, just to take a bit of time from their day-to-day to just really come together and make something really great and fun and creative. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, the first one you might have seen is called Killer Queen. Um, so we're launching it at Imperial Berliner Weiss with um, over a ton of raspberries. Um, and it, it's just come up really well, in our opinion. So we're really stoked to be launching it So at the gala. Um, yep. so gala Showcase. I think by the time yeah. you listen to this, uh, I don't think I'll get this edited by the time the gala showcase no. is over. You missed yeah. a good showcase, though, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah. Come, looking forward to it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so what's your role in, at Stone & Wood? Um, so I kind of help manage um, new product development and innovation. Um, so... At the moment, there's a lot of stuff going on, whether it be relaunching of our core range beers or um, working into our seasonals like the Gatherer, um, Stone Beer, which you're, you've been a part of over yep. the years, um, and also counterculture at the moment. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of lot of stuff taking up our time, yeah, at the moment. So, yeah. um, Counterculture, um, the kind of the way you've, you've described it reminds me of the... Um was a side project a while, a couple of years back, with sort of musicians and artists yeah. and things. Yeah, so the MASH Collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has that kind of been sort of um, formed by the wayside and this is what's going <laughs> to take its place in a way? Yeah, so not by the wayside. The MASH Collective was always about bringing kind of artists, designers, musicians, um, people from all walks of life, really, chefs together um, to come up with um, a little creation and launch it. But So in a similar vein it is, um, mm. but... The thing about the Mash Collective was it, it was so limited, um, and it, it wasn't. It, we really didn't get to reach enough people. Um, so, this is still limited, but um, we finally get to reach just a bit bigger of an audience. Um, so, yeah, we'll, for the first time, we'll be able to send beers like this to South Australia, WA, and down to Melbourne and around the country. So, it's is that just really exciting? Purely the volume that you have available now. Um, yeah, in a way, yep. So we've got a designated tanks now for limited release beers. Um, and this is all fed through our pilot batch program, which we've had for a number of years now. Um, our pilot batch beers never make it anywhere because we've only been able to kind of have eight, eight at a time. And 
with our new brewery that's just opened in Byron, they've been, we're like, oh, Road Crew, you're finally going to have some great pilot batch beers <laughs> to have for events and things around the country. But uh, our tasting room's just doing doing really well. And awesome. so most of those beers have been taken up. So it's um, counterculture's two, two parts. Um, it's kind of like a feeder program from the pilot batch brewery in Byron. Um, and also the League of Extraordinary Brewers from Moolumbar, from our Moolumbar brewery. So um, crew from all walks there, uh, we, we create beers now and judge it from a company perspective. So today they're actually judging, which I'm really upset that I'm missing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really exciting to see like even the engineering team, production, packaging, brewers, of course, um, coming up with home brews and we're all judging and great beers are coming out of that mate so so what yeah. does that look like do you just sit around a table and everyone brings their homebrew <laughs> yeah yeah nice so um neil neil pops um he kind of runs the program uh and he just sets it up in byron and in moolenbar you sit around proper scoring no it's like a full sensory yep. panel um just like they do sensory with with our beers in the lab so yep. which we we do sensory everyone in the company does sensory on a kind of weekly to fortnightly basis so everyone's kind of up these days on how to really judge beer which is cool mm. um so yeah people take a pretty pretty serious side yeah, to yeah. it which is great um and and the beers are stacking up so so that's something probably over the next 12 months is really you'll start seeing some beers come out of that awesome. and feed through yeah is there ever a moment where like you taste a beer and it's just you just realize it's so out there and you look around the table and there's one some of the glint in their eye and they've done something real stupid yeah for sure <laughs> that happens all the time mate that happens all the time but um lately but the last three incarnations of the like league of extraordinary brewers the beers have been so on point um i want to hear about the stupid ones first <laughs> what's the most ridiculous one that someone's bought oh I, not so much um stupid just out there in terms yeah. of how much um how, how much ingredient they used or just out there a lot of yeah. there's been a lot of tea beers like the last incarnation it was just too strong like lots of earl greys and yeah. green teas um, tea's hard tea's it? hard to to nail honey's hard to nail yeah um, and then just fruit, like too tart. Yeah, I, it's more more just about finesse, I think, yeah. with the beers. They haven't been too wacky yeah. yet, but just maybe just not too not balanced enough. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so that and but and and the pilot batch, the pilot brewery in Byron is just mm. incredible, mate. Like the beers that the team are putting together at the moment are just incredible. So how yeah, does that work? Um, how do things end up in the pilot batch in the brewery there? Yep. Um, so few things, um, obviously Keel's our head brewer, just working with the brew team, like the whole brew team. Um, we also have a beer round table, which is pretty fun. Um, so that's kind of with the owners, like with Jamie Ross and Brad, um, Benny and, um, Keel's and a few others, we kind of sit around and talk beer, just shoot the shit and talk beer, which is so epic. That happens once a month. So ideas come from that. Um, and then just kind of from everywhere, really office crew logistics anyone as long as there's great ideas coming through we're listening and we're brewing so hmm. yeah there's four permanent pilot batch um tanks at the brewery at the new brewery now uh they, they're just direct from the pilot brewery into serving tanks so it's um yeah it's starting to get we're starting to get finally a momentum of beers coming through which is really which cool i think it's always been the challenge for stoner wood sort of looking from the outside um i feel like Pacific Ale just dominated so much that yeah, well there wasn't room for that or wasn't room yeah. for that any scale was yeah that? yeah so that's it's been an issue um it's great there's there's a beer that's Australians are still loving and it's it's still getting drunk every day and it's the best quality it's ever been and now that it's in a can in a new format it's just 
reigniting the passion with a lot of people just with occasions like barbecues you know outdoors living um so that's cool but yeah capacity has been an issue um but it's now exciting to see our other core range beers that we've been working so hard on like Cloudcatcher and green coast really coming into its own and doing some really great volume and people enjoying that so yeah capacity's been an issue and now we finally have a little bit more capacity to have some fun and be creative um i I think I noticed on the showcase Beerless there was no Pacific Ale. Um, is that a bit of a conscious decision to, you know, everyone knows about that. If you're presenting your beers to an audience, you're, you're going to put something else out there? Yeah, I mean... Um, do you even know about that? Like, is that a, yeah, is no, that a decision that you're involved in? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, well, no, I'm not involved in that, but Tanya, who we just saw at the door then, um, our Melbourne rep. Oh, shit, I thought that was her. So yeah. yeah. No, no, all good. Yeah, so she and Carly and, and the crew have been... Get, getting ready for the showcase the showcase is the showcase there's mm. so many great breweries these days brewing uh brewing so many beers we kind of just we need to step up to the plate as well and keep building our credentials as brewers um so yeah it's we're going to have a couple of, of our cloud catching green coast and bottles but yeah it's a conscious decision to really let killer queen mm. really let it out there and let it out of the box and hopefully people enjoy it um we've we've got two pilot batch beers to showcase tomorrow as well which you've done well in the tasting room. So that's the, yeah. I think we can say it now because it's going to be tomorrow. Uh, the Mango Sticky Nectar, is that one going on? No, that's not going on. Um, okay, I <laughs> that, that's, on, that's on the list. So anyway, that was only 200 kegs and it, no one really got to try yeah. it. Um, so look, watch this space maybe cool. soon in the next few months. Yeah, it's um, very exciting. The other one I saw was a White Stout. Yep. Yep. Tell yep. me about a White Stout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, the White Stout did really good for us that was just a recent release um obviously they've been around for a while but um yeah kills just put it into the into the um schedule to brew um just a little it's it's funny it's it's so weird when you drink them you you look at it it's pale just a slight haze you drink it and with the lactose and um he put uh cold pressed coffee and um cacao nibs Mm. and it's beautifully balanced. It's creamy and it tastes like milk chocolate, but it looks, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like almost like a pale lager. So, yeah, it's I, beautiful. But I yeah, think I've only ever had one, or oh, maybe two. Uh, Brewdog did one years ago, and mm-hmm. it, by the time I had it, it was like five years old and it was horrible. Yeah. Um, I think by that point it just oxidized so much that it mm-hmm. was was no longer white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doctor's Orders did one as well. I think that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but and a couple of our others have popped up, but I don't think I've ever had a chance. So. Well, mate, have, have, well, and the good thing is it's pretty fresh. I think yeah. that that only just went off tap about five weeks ago, cool. so yeah, it's still pretty fresh. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy that one. I think we've got a nice Belgian wit beer as well. Awesome. Yeah, with some grapefruit and orange peel. So yeah, it's nice. been good too. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Killer Queen. Yep. So, so Imperial Berliner. Mm-hmm. Yep. So strong. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's it's dangerously good to drink, Bart. Okay. Dangerously good. Yeah. So the the it's good. So in its in that imperial version, um, it's, so it's I think it's seven point six. Um, you don't really taste that, but you do taste the booze, um, which really rounds out like the raspberry acidity and the lacto fermentation. Like it all balances really well together. Mm. Um, beautiful, beautiful color. Um, yeah, it looks great and it goes down really well and it 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 finishes really dry. It's kind of medium to high carbonation, so it leaves you wanting more. Um, by the time you finish that one can. Kind of want another, but it's large th- format cans, isn't it? Five hundred mil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of want that next one, but the 
you're like, oh, <laughs> we're, we're on here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. I saw um, in the uh, details of it, it was wasn't kettle soured. It was soured after. Yeah, secondary um, fermentation. Yeah. yeah. So that, and I guess most people in Australia would uh, associate Blunt of Ice with kettle souring. Exactly. Um, so yeah. how come you've you've gone with this approach? Um, not sure. I think Kills. I, I think Kills is just happy with that process and just using the Moolumbar Brewery. Um, he's just um, for the first time. Um, I think he's happy to just go down that route. He mm. also spent a lot of time in America and kind of hooked up with a couple of breweries over there, and that's kind of how they did it. And I think. That's the way he learned about it, and he's happy with it. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think that's more traditional as well. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know heaps about how it was done in Germany back in the day, but <laughs> that's my understanding. <laughs> well, I th- yeah, I, th- I think so, and hopefully, I get to learn more about that in a few months' time when when I go to Germany, which will be yeah, great. Yeah. But um, I don't think yeah. we've probably talked about uh, is that public knowledge the Germany thing that that Stoner would do? Uh yep. Yeah. So we 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 um posted a story in some blogs last year um so yeah every five years when you've been with the company for five years um the the guys send everyone on a trip to germany which is pretty amazing yeah yeah yeah. so it's kind of like a 12-day mecca trip like all the way through cologne brussels munich yeah everywhere um what an incentive huh oh pretty amazing (laughs) yeah and just to learn about beer hops yeah yeast yeah yeah cool ships everything everything that's going on over there so Yeah, pretty special. It is interesting, um, I guess, seeing that Blunavice style that is, it was almost lost in, you know, Germany and now it's suddenly the new hotness. Um, yeah. And sort of seeing, I guess, Stoner Wood's relationship with Germany. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll ask you this question after you've been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon we should take a short break. Uh, I'm going to top up my beer. Sounds uh, good. And then I might do the same. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Thank you. You went straight for a lager. I did. Do Keeping you, it local. Yeah, two birds lager. Yep. Do you enjoy a lager? I do. I actually do. Um, always have growing up in Queensland and on the border, New South Wales. Yep. Yeah, very hot growing up with lagers, but um, and my Green Coast lager is in my staff carton every month. So, yep. Awesome. Yep. So, tell me about how you ended up at Stone Wood. You grew up. You say Gold Coast. <laughs> yep. Originally, and um, it was actually my ex now, who we're still very close. Um, she actually got a job with Stone and Wood before I did, Jazz, who she's still very much a oh, part yep. of the Stone and Wood community. She's great and looks after Comms community and our Ingrained Foundation. Um, yeah, she got a job and just was so pivotal with Jamie bringing up the marketing function of Stone and Wood in the early days. And um, at the time, there was a sales role going on from kind of to take kind of Stonewood and keep building it from Byron up to the Gold Coast. So I kind of went for that and got it and it was amazing, mate. Just taking Stonewood to the Gold Coast and up that way in the early days, it was, yeah, dream come true. Yeah. Had, had you worked in beer before that? No, before that, my background's in advertising and in digital. Um, so, yeah, worked in Sydney for some agencies and uh, kind of did a lot of brand work for a lot of big companies and, yeah, kind of, few different other things as well a bit of graphic design but um yeah mostly marketing and advertising um but i've always loved beer and yeah it kind of married the two together started and i hadn't done sales before so that was another skill set which i was really interested in learning and 
it was just a really great time for beer and yeah, Stone and Wood in its infancy. So it was really great to see it kind of growing up over the past few years. Yeah. Sales is terrifying to me. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first time going into it? Yeah. What was it like? Um, it's well for the first bit it was with Roscoe, one of the owners. So he's he's very much like when you start, he's so supportive. So he, for for a while there it was kind of a lot was with Roscoe and also V. You might know V Varen. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah. He's he's been with the company forever and he's so great. Like he's just kind of stone and wood bottled up. Um, so they they were very much with me in the beginning. So it was really great. Yeah, once you when once you set loose, it's um, it's such a different role because it's just you. You kind of by yourself out out in the trade and um. It's 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 all on you and in the big wide world. In the big, it kind of <laughs> is. Like people are like, what are you talking about? But it, it kind of is. You're kind of out there all day long. Um, you've you've got to get you've got to get some volume. You've got to get some sales, and you've got to impart what the brand is, and and teach people about beer and and quality, and and get that across the line. Um, and back in like even five years ago, trying to convince surf clubs or you know bars on the Gold Coast to only stock the big guys to to put Pacific Ale on or, or Hoppy Beer or or Jasper Ale like a like a like a brown ale, like a nutty brown ale at the time, to put that on. It's really hard work. Mm. Um so and and the prices people were expecting at the time, you've just got to stick to your guns and sell the dream of what what we're all about and yeah, you you have some wins and then you get some confidence and it all kind of goes from there. Yeah. So is it do you think it's easier now in that part of the world? No. Okay, no. <laughs> you made it sound like it. I th- I'm sure you want to say yes just then, but you know, you said no. Well, there's a lot more breweries these days and really good breweries mm. brewing great beer from the Sunshine Coast, Brisbane, like, have made their way down. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great beer and the Gold Coast is killing it. Like between between Black Ops, Bolter and Burley, brewing, they just got champion mm. beer yesterday at the Queensland Awards, I think. Um, and then you've got amazing breweries in Brisbane and the sunny coast. Mm. There's a lot of great beer getting around and a lot of road crew and a lot of, yeah, there's just a lot more competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's getting more difficult, but if you, if you brew great beer and you believe in what you're doing and you believe in your brand, you, you're always going to do well. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your role now then? Um, what's your job title? Kind of new product development and innovation. So wait, so your job title is kind of new product development. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you even have a job title? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Okay, kind oh, it's kind of that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but base it's kind of project management. It's just kind of ensuring everything gets to launch. Really, mm. so just bringing the the brewing function, production function, logistics, sales forecasting, kind of all together for brands like Counterculture and the Gatherer Stone Beer, all our seasonal beers, just bring it all together and making sure it launches on time. Yeah, right. Because uh, there's so many moving parts. And um, What yeah. are the moving parts? <sighs> so lately, you would have seen, you know, it's it's packaging for one. So we've just got a canning line now. Um, so that's been a big thing. So moving Pacifical into cans o- over the summer. Which is tasting incredible, by yeah. the way. Um, and I'm not saying that because I got free ones because I don't think I did I just <laughs> bought some and they were amazing. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. it's tasting beautiful yeah. and fresh, better than ever and really nice in the can. It tastes like it did it it does at the brewery out of the mm-hmm. can. Um just I was so impressed with yeah. how it's tasting. Yeah. Thanks mate. And yeah, the team are super stoked. So mm. yeah, happy about that. So it's it's things like that. Um yeah, pr- 
lab- like labeling. So that's print on can, but then for counterculture, it's sticker labels. So working with East Coast Canning at the moment, um, just moving logistics, getting it this to that. Um, we have an online store, which is doing really well. So it's how do we sell our cans online and our merch successfully. So bringing all that together. Um, point of sale events, how do we activate in, at all these festivals around the country? Um, it's just where are all the touch points for counterculture and how do we make sure we make our mark? So, mm. yeah, the team's doing great. How, how do we pull video work together, cinematography, design, digital? Um, it's just all those things. So the video work is an interesting one. Um, I don't think it's ever really – I've never seen it shared around much, but I've loved the ones that I've seen. Um yeah. The wood shaper, the wood sniffer one? Yeah. Uh, were you involved in that one? <laughs> no, that was just slightly before my time. Okay. But re- it did re- it's really great. Because, yeah, I, like I watched it. It's, it's, a, it's a short film. If, if yep. people haven't watched it, um, I, I'll put a link into the, the website. Um, I think I sent that. I sent it to my, my girlfriend who's in design and, yep. and advertising, and she ended up sending it around her team. Yep. She said, like, this is what content marketing should be. Yeah. Um, like, it was, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, so... Um, Dane, who looks after all of our content and digital, he's really great and really great photographer. So he usually works with Pete from Cape Productions. Um, he's amazing. So they're a really tight little team. Um, mm. the videos like that, uh, our 10-year anniversary beer, we did a video around that, which was really good, like our 10 years of beers kind of video with Brad, which was yep. really great. Um, we just did a 10 years of summer video for Pacificale going into Cairns. Um, and yeah, just just videos like that. We've always kind of got Dane and Pete working together on videos, and they're mm. just kind of nailing it. I think mm. it's just really great content and really good to watch. And mm. it's not selling; it's just kind of, you know, showing what the lifestyle's about up our way. Um, yeah, keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. It, I guess f- looking looking at it from from where I am, it doesn't seem like it's a hard, as you said, it's not a hard sell. Yeah. You would almost not see it as a stone wood video, or yeah. and a lot. Of, I guess a lot of the stone wood stuff that happens. Yeah. It's the same, but it's, um, I don't know, it seems genuine. It kind of is, but yeah. <laughs> everyone at the company really does live and breathe the Northern Rivers. Um, and I think you you kind of can't start a brewery. Well, you can. A lot of breweries are just based on their merit as brewers, but I mean, I love to live and breathe what the story is. Like, what, what's the story of the brewery? That's what we all get wrapped up in. It's um, the breweries who are doing it really great are the people who are also telling a story about themselves their provenance then where they're from um mm. they're we're, we're getting wrapped up in the whole story it's not just the beer so you know the ones doing well are the ones who are doing that so yeah. it's the stone and wood kool-aid right <laughs> <laughs> is that used internally as much as, as people use it outside oh uh, yeah not really <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's a good lifestyle up there yeah and everyone's having a good time so i don't, I don't want to associate that's that's that with cults there's a few cults in the northern rivers yeah yeah we're not one yeah. good that's good to hear <laughs> <laughs> i'll be keeping a close eye just in case <laughs> um yeah. good time to plug my other podcast the hypothetical institute if you're into cults tune into that one <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what's counterculture going to look like, say, for the next sort of two to three years? Do you think? That's the thing. There's no rules. I think it's we're starting. Um, well, the one the one rule is that there's a little team working on it. So that's the only thing. Um, from where it goes from here, we've got no idea, mate. It's um, we're already looking at counterculture three and four for September and November. Um, who do we work with? Who do we who do we shoot with? Who do we design with? Um, who do we collaborate with? Like this, 
yeah, <laughs> it's, the possibilities <laughs> are endless for us. So that's what's exciting about it. Um, and that's what's so exciting for the whole team because mm. the energy behind Killer Queen has just been really special to see on a mm. daily basis. So, um, yeah, looking forward to where it's heading in the next few years. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. How widely is Killer Queen going? Specialty bottle shops kind of a thing? Yep. Kegs? Yep. yep. Some kegs. Um, super limited. Um, no more than like a one or two cases per store. Um, in 12 packs loose. So, yeah, keeping it pretty simple. Mm. And, uh, yeah, small volumes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where we see it going in terms of volume, but it'll, it'll never be massive. It's mm. all about quick turnover. We'd, what we don't want to see is our beers sitting on shelf, you know, after the next beer launches. So we mm. just want it in and out. People enjoy it. Thought-provoking discussion. Enjoy it. Have fun. Like it or hate it. Talk about it. See you later. Never see it again, hopefully. Is that yeah. kind of the next step for a lot of breweries is you've got your volume products and then you've got yeah. your, your stuff that's not going to sit on shelves? Yeah, it's a funny one. I think there's just so many models that work these days. There's people who only sell at their brewery, like their little microbrewery, and that's amazing, and you, you're really passionate and you draw a salary from that and you have that little system going. I mean, for us, we've been lucky with Pacific Ale to have such volume and it still keeps churning along and everyone's pretty happy with it. Um, but for us, I think we can't rest on that. We need to keep creating and keep inspiring ourselves internally, but everyone else in the drinking public. Um, I d it just needs to work for you. I think there's no rules, really. Mm. I, don't th I don't think there's any rules in the brewing world. You just got to look at any other industry in the world. You just got to make it work for you, I think. Yeah. I think that's changed recently as well. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at things like the showcase, which we talked about, yeah. and you look through all the breweries and everyone's got their own their own way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and we spoke to Range last week on the podcast. Yeah. Listen to that. They've got their own, um, you know, they a completely different approach to, to you guys. Totally. And it's a completely different approach to Two Birds or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think for a customer, it's kind of cool that you can find brands that you can attach yourself to. To two. That's right. Um, yeah. There's, even for us, like we like trying different beers on a daily basis and that might just suit us. That's, that's what works for us. Um, or we might do that on a regular basis, but then still have a go-to for during the week. We might have a few cans in the fridge that we constantly turn to. Mm. I think there's just no rules. We just need to play play the field. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Um, I don't have any more questions. Anything you want to tell us about counterculture? Anything you need to get across? Uh, not really. Just this that is that time <laughs> to do your marketing spiel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't like to push it. I just think, you know, we're having a lot of fun and it's it's been really exciting and I think the whole team are really excited for the next 12 months and the, the future. Um, Counterculture is going to be really fun just because it's so quick and so agile. So mm. we're really looking forward to your feedback, whether you love them or hate them. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Counterculture's going to kind of step out on its own. So we will have our own kind of handles with Facebook and awesome. Insta and website. Has that happened yet or is it? Yeah, just in the background. So we yep. have an Insta page. Website will be going live in time. So that's where we'll be able to really push just to our, to the people who are actually interested in counterculture. Mm. We really want to separate it over time. So just for people who are really into knowing about counterculture and wanting to try those beers, that's who we'll be kind of targeting with it. So awesome. um, obviously in the beginning you got to, kind of get it out there with stone and wood but yeah, yeah. over time we really want to make it it's, it's so it'll be its own sort of spin-off brand yeah over time for sure oh, we were yeah. wrapping up but i've got a big question with that um <laughs> like that's risky right 
maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always see it as risky as from the outside. Yeah. Um, what are you? What are your thoughts? What do you reckon? Well, I, I don't know. Like it always. I, I think Stone and Arrogant Bastard are a pretty good example where. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one knows what Arrogant Bastard is for sure, and it's probably I don't know. I mean, I'm not close to the Stone Brewery in yeah. terms of geographically, so yeah. I don't know how it's going, but it doesn't seem to be going well. Mm. Um, they've just done a being with Metallica, so maybe that's going well for them. Yeah. So by by means of um, separating in terms of completely different business model and, yeah. uh, and team, no. Okay. So there'll always be some Stone and Wood in our hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... Um, we don't want we don't want to segregate it from our amazing brand, but in terms of just the way we communicate it, um, we really want to build counterculture as, yeah. as the brand. But Stone and Wood's always going to. So I was going to say Stone and Wood on the cans still. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. Just in just a bit bit smaller. Than okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll 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 make its way in there slightly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But we really want to. The thing about counterculture, in ter- what what we've kind of been working on is counterculture is kind of like the gallery and and. Brands like Killer Queen and Sticky Nectar are like the the art. So yep. we really want to make sure Counterculture's the gallery and just showcasing rare art that's passing through every day, the, every few few months. You know, every Jeez, eight weeks. What yeah. a metaphor that was. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have fun with it. Um, yeah. Now Killer Queen as well. I should say the spelling of that is uh, <laughs> yeah. how do you spell Queen? So K W E E N. Yep. Do you know the reason for that? Is yeah, it's kind of like the Yas Queen, like um, street, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, straight, yeah. street word for Queen. Um, I know all about Yas Queen. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just strong, strong feminine cues to go with our Queen. That's on the label. Um, when we kind of were brainstorming in November, it was kind of it was when Bohemian Rhapsody was coming out, and yep. we were looking down, um, kind of playing with those cultural cues, and then one of their songs is Killer Queen. One of their famous songs is Killer Queen, and we're like, yeah. Why don't we flip this on its head and s- what what would a strong female character look like with this brand? And um, then we just kind of went off on a tangent and it just kind of stuck and it really... And then Tommy, our designer, just went crazy and came up with that and we feel awesome. it's kind of worked. Yeah. So it is a big can, a uh, big, sorry, big pink can as well, which I don't think you could have... Uh, we talked about earlier, um, you know, five years ago, selling beers into the Gold Coast. I don't think you could sell a pink can <laughs> then. Maybe can, not. can you do that now? For sure. Cool. Yep. Paddy Coulson and Krista, our reps on the Goldie, have had a really good time selling it in. But awesome. you're right, like, not just Killer Queen, but beers of that nature would have been tough five mm. years ago. So, yeah, it's just exciting to see where the whole industry is heading, not just with beer, just with spritzes and cocktails and wine and every liquor in general. It's just so, ex- so exciting and yeah. fun to see it all mashing and everyone having a good time. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Sam. Thanks, It's mate. been a pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, been a I'm sure everyone knows where to find Stone of Wood on the internet, so I'm not going <laughs> to ask you that. Um, yeah. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Thanks, uh, Sam, for coming along. Thanks, Stone of Wood, also, for sending us a couple of tins of the beer. How generous. Uh, yeah. Really looking forward to seeing what counterculture does. So almost, uh, I still haven't had that forest for the trees. Oh, it's yum. Yeah. So it's on, yeah. But like, I'm almost most excited about counterculture out of all the yeah. Stoner Wood ventures. All right. Let's hit me with some recommendations. Uh, sure. What are you feeling like uh, kicking off with? A bit of a beer Let's or a bit of a beer first? All right. Well, uh, I feel like we haven't mentioned it at all during the intro or outro. Because I told you I was going to have this as my uh, beer recommendation, but we're having the uh, La Sorraine 
Season Ale, which mm. is the new uh, core range canned beer from La Serene. I mean, obviously, it's in draft as well. We're having a couple of pints of it as we record. And it's a treat. It is a it's treat. It's a little bit like a... Um, if anyone remembers the uh, Saisonette that they released. I think it's that's still in production. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not that regularly out there. Um, but it's a bit like a hoppy version of that. Mm. And it's great. I think it... For me, it's probably more of a lower ABV urban pale. Less phenolic, probably. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and urban... Urban Ale, sorry, and that's been our, um, that was our Beer of the Year one year. Sure. Was that 2017? I think this has got more of a Lusserant House yeast character to it though. Yeah. So I'm getting less phenolics from this. And I've only had it on tap, you've had it on can. Yeah, right. Um, but 4%, what do you like about it? I think it's All those things you've just said probably. Yeah, like it's a real clean expression of their house yeast. It's... Uh, it's easy, it's dry, it gives you those effervescent herbals, but it's kind of uh, brightly hoppy from the hop profile as well. It's just mm. like, it's just delicious drinkable beer. It's really soft. Yeah. Like, there's a real delicate softness to it. And not in that hazy way that a lot of beers have that, you know, that it's almost forcefully soft, a lot of those beers, if that makes sense. This is just gentle. And it's slow. I don't know if that mm. makes much sense. Yeah, yep. But it's a, like, it's a slow beer. Yep. Um, and it's a great, it's a great beer to have in a pint that we're having at the moment. Like, reminds me of um, Hommel beer out of Belgium. Okay. Uh, probably dialed back a, a bit, but yeah, in that in that world of hoppy farmhousey, yep. yeah, yeah, hoppy so sort first, of Belgian style. I first had this. Oh, almost when it first landed in Cairns. So, what's that? A couple of weeks ago now. Um, loved it in Cairns. I think I enjoy it more in Cairns, but it's a different experience having a pint of it. Just as enjoyable, but a mm. bit different. And um, I think it's really strong. Yeah, yeah, cool. I agree. What's your beer recommendation? So, another old favourite of ours. Sure. Uh, we mentioned at the start of the show the Boat Rocker Brayside Cola. Yeah. Uh, I read back on my review of it when I f- when it first came out. When was that? You when two years ago, three years ago. Oh, okay. Um, so it's Scotch Ale aged in bourbon barrels. I remember it was when they first opened their uh, tap room. Yeah, okay. They had Braceside Crancola. Um, it was good, but not great back then. This time around, I really loved it. I thought okay. it was like I, s- I still haven't had the current version of it, so mm. I can't um, compare, but. I always thought it was like the the be- like the best this beer tastes like this other thing yeah, beer yeah. I've, I've ever had. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, well, I think this version I think steps it up a bit. Yeah. Um, right. In terms of, just feels more rounded, more together. There's, it it tastes tastes like a very good old fashioned cocktail. Yeah. Um, and that you know you get that cola, you get that bourbony flavor, um, but it's just. I finished a can. I think it's like eight percent. I finished a can, and I was just like, "I really wish I had one more of that." That was yeah. I'm real keen to get really some more of that. Yeah. So it's here in cans this time. I think it's a short run, but apparently Most, there's I more coming. Okay. I, I don't quote me on that, but I, that's what I might. So I was talking to John at Grape and Grain, and they got that was one of his favorite beers the year it came out, and they didn't get a look in of okay. it. Okay. So it might only be a. Um, 
there, yeah, a tap a tap room release. Yeah, there's only like perhaps, but maybe um, two thousand cans from memory. Again, don't quote me. But, but if you're anywhere near the area, it's probably worth a stop in at the yeah. tap room to pick some up because yeah, that's a fun that's a fun beer. Yeah, there's not too many beers lately, particularly darker barrel aged beers that I want to go back and get more of. Um, even there's not too many beers that I want to get more sure, of. Sure, yeah. There's so many beers out there to try, but that is especially a dark one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Um, yeah, I if you can like find that's some might be one of the strongest endorsements. Yeah. Dark beer that we get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you have next for not beer? Non beer. Um, do you think we should change it to beer Rex and Netflix Rex? Should we change it? Probably that? about fear, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of those uh, editions of the show. But I watched um, Russian Doll on uh, Netflix. I have not watched it, but I've heard it's good. I didn't, I didn't love it, okay. but it's a different style show that's executed really well and it looks great um the storyline is probably my least favorite part of it but okay. everything else is executed so well that i think it's definitely worth a watch um it's it's a one and done so once you've done the series it's it's over the, the season it's over yeah might be a, a 10 or 12 parter but it's an easy watch uh it's a pretty fresh idea uh, and it's executed really well. So like, even though I wasn't in love with the story, I would definitely recommend anyone watch it, though. Yeah. It's got the lady, uh, and I can't remember her name, from Orange is the New Black. Oh, right. Have you not watched the Orange is the no, New Black? No, no, no. Okay. And she was in that, was she? Yeah, she's one of the main characters oh, in that. Oh, okay. She's also um, she's one very of the... Like, uh, like a New York... Yeah, yeah. ...gal. Yeah. yeah. She's one of the... Um, Side characters in American Pie series as well. Oh, really? She plays sort of like oh, I've okay. got a lot of experience, kind of. Yeah, okay. I'm a bit, I'm a bit world, worldwide. All right, and she's had um, nine thousand cigarettes between yeah, now and there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I can see um, that. Yeah, yeah. She's great. I really like her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's oh, she was excellent. Yeah. Everything she's in that I've seen over the years is just but like she's it good. It made me it. appreciate things like lighting. It's a gr- it's a w- it's really well lit. Yeah, cool. awesome. Like I don't, I've never noticed that in a series, maybe ever. But like, I definitely noticed it in that show. Um, whatever that means, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm into that. Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, speaking of lighting, my re- Netflix recommendation yeah, for the sure, week yeah. <laughs> is um, it's an art documentary. It's one thing that not many people know about me, Dave. I bloody love an art documentary. Yeah? All right. Oh, there are so many good art documentaries that I've watched over the years. And this particular one, it's long, it's pretty dense, it's fascinating though. It's called Struggle, the Life and Lost Art of Suzukalaski. One of the greatest... Oh, yeah, I had a 93 Suzukalaski as my first car, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I wish I had a car, some car gear for that, but oh, I don't. Okay, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, one of the greatest sculptors of all time, but a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, also flirted with... Some conspiracy stuff. What does a loose cannon mean in the sculpting world? Well, I've sculpted and an artist as well. Okay. Um, he sometimes... But I feel like the effect of an impulsive behaviour in the art world isn't that impactful. Or is well, it? Are you going to tell me it is? I mean, because he was doing his thing like in the 20s kind right. of a thing. Up until the maybe mid-70s. 
Um, but he threw an art critic down the stairs once that knocked on his door. Um, he that would have been his best day ever. Oh, gee, that would have been great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that have been fantastic? Yeah. He trashed um, one of his own exhibitions. I can't remember what the reason was, but he walked into the exhibition on the, the first day and then just tore all the paintings off and yelled at everyone. Um, but he also seems to be a genuinely lovely guy who had a weird thing with people's body type and it might have been a bit racist. There's also a bit of Nazi gear in there. Right, okay. But he's also not pro-Nazi, but it's quite confusing at times. Really fascinating. I haven't actually finished but he it. Like went, he like created art right through the meat and potatoes era. He's, of the, he's, yeah, okay. he's Polish. Um, and then he also... He kind of was big and then through his loose cannonness lost his, um, I don't know, lost his popularity, lost his credibility. And then the American underground art scene discovered him in the sort of 70s and 80s. So really fascinating. I'd recommend maybe setting aside three times to watch it as okay. in watch so 45 minutes. So it's a documentary that's about an hour and a half, would you say? It's like two hours or something. Two hours? So it's quite okay. long, quite dense. Um, a lot of ground is covered. But fascinating stuff. Really. It's on Netflix called The Struggle or Struggle? Uh, just Struggle. Struggle, okay. Um, and his actual sculpture is fascinating and amazing. And hearing art people talk about it and why it's good is, is really interesting. So, yeah, I like check it. it out. Yeah, nice one. All right. Good Rex. Where do we find you online? You can get me uh, at Ale of a Time on all social media. Also at Hypothepod for the Hypothetical Institute, um, hypotheticalinstitute.com for your conspiracy needs. What are you tackling next? Oh, I don't know. Um, we just did a really good show about... We just had a really good show. I can't remember what it was about. Yeah, okay. We've, we've, we're in a bit of a uh, state of flux at the moment because one of our co-hosts is heading overseas as well. Oh, right. So we've recorded a bunch of episodes. So I'm you're not up sure. two creeks with the same amount of paddles. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. A lot of podcasting gear going through this head. But we've got some good Russian. We've got a Rasputin one. Yeah, nice. And a Putin one coming out soon. Um, I like it. I think we're going to be doing some Save by the Bell gear in between. So check it out. It's There's no holds barred if in this podcast. Screech, you will want to hear this. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dave? Uh, at Melb Dave on the Twitters and the Instagrams. I haven't posted much lately. I went to that uh, Pink Lake at oh, Westgate been Park. It's good, huh? Yeah, it was amazing, actually. Yeah. We were driving over the bridge, and I was like, is that goddamn like pink down there? Why don't we check that out? And we had a look and look. Oh, so you, you stumbled across the Pink Lake? We were driving across, and I was startled by it. And I thought, I've got to go down there and see what's going on. Because as I noticed the lake, I also saw like a crowd of people yeah, yeah. there. Um, yeah, fascinating. We didn't go this year. We went last year. So people don't know, under the Westgate Bridge in Melbourne, it's a lake every year, depending on the, the weather, will turn pink. Yeah, so um, the weather conditions required is it's a, uh, it's a present algae in the lake that uh, the, it's a, uh, a lake, an offshoot of the sea. So the, the floor of the sea is extremely salty. And then when the weather gets warm enough and evaporates enough water, the water gets a high enough salt content to react with that present algae that creates that incredible pink color of the lake. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we went, there was a weird festival atmosphere. Like there was backpackers playing frisbee with their shirts off. Oh, right. Around. Okay. And it was like, 
I don't know. It, it's not St Kilda Beach. It's Pink Lake. Yeah, People exactly. People were picnicking. Like it was. It felt like Woodstock or something. That's funny. Like I had like a. So I had like a pretty incredible drive home once on Saturday. I was pretty unwell, but I had an agreement with my nephew that I was going to take him mini golfing. So we went across to Braidbrook and uh, played some mini golf and some arcade games and stuff like that. And then on my drive home, I had a really blessed drive home because we saw the Pink Lake. Entirely tourists were yeah. around. Yeah. No locals at all. Yeah. Um, and then that was a fun side because it's a I don't know it's a forty minute drive from Footscray to my place. Yeah. Um, and then along Queen's Parade, the time that we were there, just had the jets from the uh, oh. Grand Prix just flying over constantly. So Jeez. just a blessed drive home. Yeah. Action packed. Yeah, it was great. We were super Melbourne. I know. Uh, I can't remember where we're at. Oh, where yeah, where do people the, uh, find you? Yeah, yeah, I think we've done that already. Melb Dave, Twitter, Instagram. If you want to see the Pink Lake, go to my Instagram page, have a little look. There's three photos there about uh, Pink Lake activities. All right. Um, that's the end of the show, I cool. believe. Cool. Enjoy yeah. Japan. I will. Uh, we might, I might try to squeeze another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. All right. Nice. See ya. Bye.